Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Acast anbefaler. Mit navn er Anders Morgenthaler. Overfor mig sidder Roald Bergmann. Vi har lavet en ny podcast, der hedder Dopaminklubben. Og Dopaminklubben er en klub, hvor ADHD er fucking sjovt, og hvor det griner. Det behøver ikke at være super alvorligt. Vi skider skide af alle de der podcasts og forklarer meget nederen der. Vi gør grin med vores ADHD. Mulig ADHD. Ja, vi udreder mig, fordi nogen siger, at jeg har det. Jeg ved det ikke rigtigt, det finder vi ud af. Vi har i hvert fald lavet vedmål. Ind og lytte til Dopaminklubben. Hver uge udkommer vi. Der laver vi sjov og spas med at have den her vidunderlige dopaminmangel. 15 Each time I talk to a different comedian about their own personal experience of grief as we remember someone that they have lost along the way. Whether it was a long time ago or you've just joined the club, this is a chance to talk about the peculiar human process of death. Welcome to Griefcast. Welcome to Griefcast. Thank you so much for listening and thank you so much for those who've been getting in touch since the new series. It really means the world to know this strange little show is helping in any way at all, really. So thank you. If you do want to get in touch, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at The Griefcast or email us thegriefcast at gmail.com because you are not alone. This week's guest is comedian and writer Adam Riches. Adam is a genuine legend of the Edinburgh Fringe. He won the Foster's Comedy Prize in 2011 and since then he's had several Radio 4 series and you may have seen him pretending to be Sean Bean on a fairly regular basis, actually. Um, Adam came in to talk to me about his dad, who suffered from dementia. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? 
Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Welcome to Griefcast. I'm joined today by a comedian, actor, writer, audience harasser, <laughs> Adam Richards. Hello. Hello. Is that fair? Is that fair that, that I, I harass the thing. audience? I always go, is that fair? I yeah. think it's probably fairer that I'm an audience harasser than I'm an actor, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> You've been in, are you in the, the Detectorist? Yes, I was in that, yeah. yeah. <laughs> You've done other stuff. Are yeah, you sure. in that other one that was on BBC Three with John Kearns? Uh, yes, I was, yeah. What's I was that, in that. What's that called? Um, oh, top that coppers. was Top Coppers, top yeah, coppers. with John, yeah. 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 Thanks for that. <laughs> well, I, I don't know whether that was a promotion for my career or just <laughs> the death knell for it. Well, audience harasser is a rude way of saying extremely successful comedian, really, isn't it? Edinburgh show comedian. Um, I suppose so, yeah. I suppose you could say that. <laughs> I think that's fair. Yeah. Do you not want to talk about your audience harassing? Um, well, maybe I just read the brief of what the podcast was <laughs> wrong. <laughs> Adam, it's, it's only about that. I, it was, it's their grief we're talking yeah, about, yes. having seen me, <laughs> seen me perform. I am, I am, I, I must admit, I am fascinated by how you find the people for this. Are you just really? stalking, <laughs> stalking the obituaries for anyone who's lost someone, and then you I just knew, drop I them knew a line? You would and... give me shit. I knew you would give me shit. It's okay. This is what it's really hard to find people. Some people get in touch. That's brilliant. They go, I've yeah. listened to it. I want to come on. They're my favourite. Brilliant. And then other people, they go, oh, this is started happening. Go, oh, did you hear so and so's dad died? To me, you should get them on the podcast. And I think I can't just. Ask yeah. them, but then if someone puts on Facebook, oh, so sad, my mum passed away, I think, ooh, that'd be good. Yeah, that's good. Well, I, I mean, speaking from the other side of it, yeah. you know, when you get the call, <laughs> when you get the call to be on Griefcast, I mean, it, it's, it's, it's just... It's a big call. It's Everyone's waiting for it. Thing. Everyone's yeah. waiting for it. Everyone's talking to their agents saying, get me on that show. <laughs> I don't get on that show. <laughs> At the end, you say, um, well, listen, we'd love to have you back. But uh, <laughs> I'd love to have you back. Um, let me know how it goes. Yeah. Who are we remembering today? Uh, my dad. Your I dad. Think, yeah. And when did your dad die? He died in late 2013, October 2013. So, so, oh, so yeah, about so nearly, well, three and a half years ago, I suppose. So it'll be four this year? Four this year, yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, and how are you feeling about it currently? Do you feel, you know, are you, at the moment it's quite calm and you feel all right about it? Um, or you... I mean, time always pushes you on anyway, doesn't it? Yeah. And uh, stuff. But, like, I don't... There isn't There isn't a day goes by where I don't think about it. Yeah. <laughs> Particularly today, obviously. <laughs> obviously. When you're thinking up material. And, uh... <laughs> what have I got? What have I got on my dad? Yeah. I've do? got some audience harassment to do with my dead dad as well. <laughs> <laughs> of course. But, uh, yeah, I mean, like, you just... I, it's it's always there. And, yeah. and I would say that, like, it will obviously never, ever go. Yeah. But I think it's fully informed who I am now. When I look back on things now, I can clearly see that I split up into two people um, from that point. The, from, the, the, from the moment he died? Yeah, in a, yeah. In a BCAD kind of way. Like right. it was, there was, there was the, where I was going and where my life was and what I thought about things and yeah. all different things whilst he was alive. And then the points after where I just, through reacting to it and then I guess through... Um, 
through having to cope with it and get on with stuff, you, you kind of, you know, turn into almost like someone different, I think. So I definitely feel that there there are two there are two sliding door kind of paths. Yeah, like two that narratives happened. that Yeah. And two two me's, I think, as well. Do you miss old you? Do you feel do you feel sadness of like, oh, that's a shame I didn't get to do that? Yeah. Well, I, th- I think, you know, a, a part of you dies. Yeah. And and if, if you know, if you're talking about who you're remembering, you, I, do, I do remember things before then. I remember yeah. whenever I think back um, about him and, and, and my love with him, unfortunately, a lot of those last kind of moments come screaming straight into yeah. your head rather than I, th- I think of, you know, the time when I was a kid or that type of stuff. I think, and this is only my experience, when you're very close to the death, and I still think three years it is, you can only remember the death. And I didn't really remember anything past that. Yeah, it took maybe like five or six years. You start, mm. the death just starts to fade away. And it doesn't, it's not the first thing you think about at all. But I think for the first, yeah, three or four years. It, you were, you were a kid, weren't you? Yes, yeah, so I was 15. Yeah. So, so when did you start to work? I mean, not that it's about you, it's about me. But when, <laughs> when did you start to think about... Finally, someone asked me a question. <laughs> but when did you start to think about things as an adult as opposed to a kid that was just going through them? Yeah, it's hard to know because I think when it happens to you when you're 15, you're, you're a bit stuck. So you, are, you don't really become an adult because you're a bit stuck in that time for a long time. Mm. So I think... I don't, I don't think I really processed it... As an adult, I was about 24, 25. Right. I think a lot of that... I think I... But if you'd asked me, I would have said, yes, I have. Yeah. At 21, I was like, oh, no, I've totally dealt with it and I'm fine. But I, I, I wasn't. Did it stop you becoming an adult? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I think I got stuck at 15. So I think when I got married, that was a really... I found it really hard because in my head, I realised, but I'm 15. Why am I getting married? And I was like, you're not. You're 25. Right, so yeah. it was like a re- it was a really harsh realization of like fifteen year old Cariad wouldn't be getting married. Ergo, I must have grown up. But in my head, I think I had been like, no, I'm still fifteen. I'm still fifteen. Yeah. Because if I was sixteen, he doesn't know that person. Yeah, sure. So and that- he's going to jail. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's. You don't think sixteen's legal? I think sixteen's legal. But no, if I was sixteen, then my dad didn't know sixteen year old me. So that's why yeah. I was like, well, then I can't become any older than 15 because I have to stay at the person he knew. Yeah. So I think I purposely, unconsciously, but very purposely went, I'm going to stay here, which I think also is how you end up in comedy a little bit because you sort of stay as a child or yeah. stay as a... I definitely think the a true sense of me is quite a petulant teenager, which I think you'd agree with. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, no, I understand that. Yeah, I think like it does... It's just it, you feel like you've been squashed, yeah. or something's holding you down. Yeah. And, and as I said before, like time does push you on, and, and 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 other people around you and circumstances do encourage you to just yeah. get up and, and and keep going. But there always feels like you know one of those, um, you know those bungee things that you can run oh, on. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and then it pulls, it pulls you back. You back. Yeah. There's always something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's always something that just drags you back and. And, you know, Father's Day is every year. Christmas oh, and birthdays are every year. Father's um, Day at the moment. Films, music, yeah. uh, an aftershave, uh, 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 off, often, um, and this has happened to my brothers as well, is um, we'll talk about someone that we saw on, on, the, on a train who is the spitting image of, yes. of my dad. They've got just an air about them or, uh, a, or a demeanour about them that just I've had that so many there. times. 
I think because he was a businessman and balding. So he's like in yeah. London, I see someone in a suit who's balding with dark hair. <laughs> and I'm like, ah! but you know what you mean? You get a flash of them on the train, on the tube. And you st- stare at them. Like yeah. I cannot take my eyes off. Yeah, off them. It's, it's just so weird, isn't it? My mum is in a, a care home as well. Oh. And um, my dad had dementia and my mum has dementia. So obviously all the people in the care home have dementia. And there is a look that comes over uh, yeah. a person's face when they have that, uh, certainly in the eyes. And uh, I can't help when I see, you know, there's a couple of guys around there making moves on my mum that um, <laughs> that you can't help but kind of, I wonder if she's thinking the same. I wonder yeah. if she's kind of looking through that that window and she sees that that thing. It's... It's um, yeah, it's a very it's a very strange thing, and, and, and there's also a side of me as well that that obviously three years on, three and a half years on, I don't want to let go of it. Yeah. Like I I I do think it's I do think is an, it is an important part. I, I heard you speak on on one of the, the episodes before where someone was talking about um, how nothing kind of nothing can phase you or, yeah. or anything from this point on because and and that's true like anything career wise any situation wise i do have an automatic default which is yeah but it's not that so yeah. <laughs> i'm all right i can kind of keep myself together i definitely think as someone who knows you yeah i definitely notice maybe because i know you more than other people have been on i definitely noticed that change that you're talking about like it was very clear of like you really didn't care and I know that because I had that at 15, but I think, mm. as I've said, it does fade. So grab it while you can. <laughs> like, I, I care a lot more now and I worry a lot more. But when I was 15, I was untouchable for, for about five years, I think, because I just, I just didn't care at all yeah. about anything. And I know, I know what you mean by you with your career. I definitely notice you being like, with your comedy, like, I just, I, I'm going to do exactly what I want yeah. from now on. Exactly. And, and there's, there's something that, um, I mean, in talking about a career in, in comedy, um, it, it couldn't have been the worst thing for me to yeah. do for a living at a moment like this. And I forced myself to do a live gig. Yeah. Uh, Dad died in October and I, f- I forced myself, I coerced Nick Mohammed and, and Colin Holt to book a one-off gig with me at wow. The Invisible Dot before Christmas because I wanted to end the year at least being a little bit of who I knew yeah. a little bit and getting on stage and doing it. And, and it was fine. I mean, yeah. it wasn't, you know, it wasn't going to, you know be an amazing amazing moment it just was what it was i just went on stage and i did what i always do and mm. and then i went back and and thought about it but i found from that point on once i'd broken that that thing i thought it would be easier i thought it'd be like well of course i'll be able to do it and actually it just made it worse i, yeah. I was writing a show for that year and i did a, i did come up with an hour um but i know for that year um and certainly performing in that edinburgh i was i think i was I don't think I had much behind my eyes. Yeah. I think I was just I was just doing it because I know what that guy was like and I know what that year is like writing a show yeah. and I know what it feels like. So familiarity was really important yeah. to grab onto and to and to feel, you know, it was a, it was a nice, comfortable set of clothes. But I think um, it's because we talk a lot about like, oh, you feel you don't care and you're on phase and you're on fire. But what we don't talk about is the reason you don't care is part of you is dead. Yeah. <laughs> so the reason yeah. no one can touch you is you are broken. So, yes. Yeah, that's interesting in terms of performing. Because I remember, yeah, I stopped performing, I think. I really, really struggled after he died to find any, it, like, it, to me it was like, what's the point? What's the point? I think part of the problem is, for me anyway, the role you played in the family mm. kind of defines the role you play to handle the family and, yeah, and then the yeah. situations afterwards. And so I was always very much, 
involved and at the forefront of sorting things out for my mum and dad and, and organising things. And so I think when, obviously, the worst thing happened, that needs to be sorted out. There's admin that needs to be done about that. And I think when you when you dive into that, again, you're avoiding stuff. Yeah. So I, I think there was a long period, a very long period of avoidance. Even though doing the show was a form of getting back in, it, I'm still not dealing with the actual thing itself. Yeah. And I think there was a fallout to that in terms of, you know, very close personal relationships or, or a personality change mm-hmm. within me that I, I just couldn't, I wasn't in control of, I, I, you know, you, the grief with a capital G from grief yeah, cast. Yeah. <laughs> um, it, it just kind of, you know, it's in charge. And yeah. it was a long time before I realised, OK, I, I've just got to let that play out. Someone said that the other day, they, well, I can't remember where it was, that they were like, um, you know, grief and death control you. Yeah. You, you don't control them. It's, there's, there's not, you can do nothing. It's up to the, whatever that is deciding what manifestation it's in at that moment. Yeah. It's in charge. And if it's making you avoid it or it's there, you know, it's, it's doing its thing. Well, that wave that comes over oh. you, like that everyone talks about, that Horrible wave, wave of just suddenly you're in bits from something and then it's, it's passed. Yeah, it's gone. So I mean, weird, that, isn't it? When, when you hear about those things, when people come up and give you great advice yeah. <laughs> straight after, um, then it's, um, you know, you get a review for how you should be after, yeah. you've, after you've experienced something. Um, when people first said that and you kind of go, yeah, I, I sort of know what you mean. And, and you don't, until you've actually yeah. had that wave, then you go, oh, no, I, I know exactly what you mean. And the more they come, you know, everything else that you're putting up, like dealing with stuff or doing a show. Or, you know, I was putting up sandbags to stop yeah. those waves. And then I think after that show, sort of like leading up to Christmas, which which would have led up to a difficult period of October, which is a year after his death and yeah. his birthday was in October as well. Mm. So um, I think that's when things started to really kind of show on my skin. Yeah. <laughs> Spots came, and, yeah. you know, black circles came and uh, performing as well, like, I only ever performed to make my mum and dad happy. Yeah. That was that was the, the fuel of it ever since I was a kid. It was only ever to gain their approval and to gain the thing. And there was no history of performing in, in my family. So, And I was a very bright kid um, up to a certain point. And then, um, you know, my reading age was stunning. It really was. <laughs> it's the same. Then, yeah, really, I, really great. Reading age, yeah. <laughs> and so it was always to kind of gain their approval. When you say approval, was it just to make them laugh, to cheer them up? or to just... Make them laugh, make them... They, they they were very scared, I think, when I, when I said that I wanted to go into uh, acting and performing because I was academically, I had a lot of potential. Yeah. And then clearly I, I found something much more glittery yeah. and that caught my eye. And so when that happened, the academic side slid, slid away yeah. and they were worried. And obviously, as you would be worried about anyone going into this kind of industry, but it was... It was a it was a worry for them, and they had nothing, no history, no nothing to grasp onto, and so the typical things of oh, well, once I'm on the BBC, that's when they think I'm doing okay, or yeah, yeah. once I'm uh, once I've got a, my picture in the Daily Mail, <laughs> well then I must be doing oh, I yeah, must be yeah. doing great. Um, but as soon as I think, as soon as my mum could explain to her friends, yeah, as soon as she go, oh, she's going to be on this tonight on the telly. And then their friends understood. I think my mum relaxed a lot. She was like, oh, yeah. I had a sentence rather than going, she's playing to two people in the pub and I don't know why. Yes, yeah. <laughs> like, and, and that was when I was really proud of how far I was coming along was yeah. when I was playing in front of two people and then <laughs> tonight we have four and <laughs> yeah. we, we've doubled in the space of 24 hours. Word is getting round. But uh, but I think when I lost that, it was then a case of, well, who, who am I doing this for? Yeah. Like, why am I doing this? And so I needed to, I needed to find 
new relationships across the board, I think, in, mm. in terms of a relationship with myself, a relationship with my brothers, a relationship with my work, and, and then my relationship with what my life is, because so many things were shut off when my dad died mm. um, that I'd, I, I didn't realise I, I held so close. Things like him maybe seeing me get married, him yeah. um, holding my son or daughter or stuff. And there is no way, I can't reset those. They've gone. Yeah. And I can't get those back. And so they are images that I've had. And my dad and I shared a love of film together and films about families and that kind of thing were always very strong. Well, they're not going to happen. I'm not going to sit and watch a film with my son and, and with my dad. Yeah. So they were really tough things to go because that I, a lot of who I thought I was, a lot of who I thought I might become, mm. it's gone. Um, and a, a, an added difficulty, which I heard when you were talking to David as well, was... Um, we then had to explain it to the death to yeah. my mother, and so, she has dementia. So I didn't even get the, I didn't even get the maternal, yeah, console, consoling from it. It was it was very isolating. So just to go back to sort of get the picture. So your your dad was diagnosed with dementia, but your mum didn't have it at that point. Is that right? She she must have done, but not as bad. But yeah, but sat next to dad. Dad was the Hollywood case right. where you would see that he clearly there was something not quite right with right. with that guy. Um, mum, there was a fascinating moment actually in our past when I took mum and I took dad to have one of his dementia tests, and uh, and he was you know he wasn't super far along, but he you, you could tell yeah. you could tell he had something there, um, and mum came with me. And mum was always busy and, you know, shuttling him along and giving him hell and, and that kind of thing. Um, and when we were at the clinic, the um, the nurse who was um, who was there to see dad, she asked mum to go and sit in the waiting room as well. And she, had, she said she'd see her later. And uh, and my mum, who was, had long been terrified of, of dementia because it, yeah. it happened to her parents um, or any kind of decline, um, she was she was apoplectic with rage and she was so offended that someone would think that she had it as well and the nurse came over and, and mum had a go at her and um and the nurse the nurse said I, I think you should go for a test because you know I, you know I see people every day that yeah. have this and I can notice something about you about your eyes and so mum didn't let that go for two or three weeks and that was maybe two years before she actually got Diagnosed, which wow. means she would have been showing yeah. some kind of. But because trait. your dad was showing so much, yeah. it just yeah overshadowed. And it's it. denial as well. Like she yeah. doesn't want to admit it. She would have yeah. had those moments where she did experience them herself and mm. thought, "Oh, there's something not quite right with me." And we would have seen them as well mm. had we not been, you know, feeding dads blancmange with a spoon. You know, yeah. so it's, it, 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 th that was a very difficult thing. Yeah, dad, dad, kind of when dad went, suddenly we saw how. Yeah. Far along, Mum was as well. It was, it was very, very startling. I think that that moment. So, how long before he died was that? Uh, was that moment with Mum? No, or, when he was diagnosed with dementia. Um, he was di diagnosed maybe um, two years ago. Two years before he died. Right. Yeah. And so he got progressively worse. Yeah. And I, and you ended up putting him in uh, care home. Yeah, he had a very a very similar thing happened with Mum, and, and it's something that's that is that is a real problem. I think. Dad and Mum both went into hospital for something unconnected. Right, yeah. And there is a real issue with people with dementia being treated when they're in hospital because they uh, they need more care than yeah. a hospital can give. And uh, and if they don't receive that care 
And if they receive an, an incredible jump down in the care that they're getting, like dad would have been at home with us, with a care worker, with his family, and suddenly he's in a ward that he doesn't recognise. Yeah. And, um, and he's being left to his own devices. Mentally, he just deteriorated incredibly quickly. And because of that deterioration, because of that lack of movement and that lack of confidence, he then started showing signs that the, the hospital weren't happy to discharge him for. And see, um, yeah. so they keep him in longer. And then you're just in this spiral of that they're not happy to discharge him because he's not getting up and walking. Mm. And essentially what, what happened with my dad was he went in to the hospital for something very minor, um, walking, and he came out in a wheelchair unable to walk again. Wow. Um, and that was because he they just left him in his bed. They, they, they declared him that he couldn't walk. He couldn't answer or, or talk to them. Um, and same thing with mum. Mum went in and, and she had a fall and she was kept in for um, six or seven weeks, two weeks, mm. uh, two months, sorry, longer than she should have been and wasn't allowed back home afterwards. And uh, there's a charity called John's Campaign, I think, that, that specifically deals with these issues because the, the, the figures are startling. It's, it's something like 50% of, of dementia patients that go in uh, are discharged worse off mentally and physically wow. than when they went in. And, and that's time that we can't get back with yeah. them because you, it's not like when he came back into the house, we can get him back to his old self. Yeah. He now is that person and she now is that person. And we lost a great deal of time with them um, and a great deal of you know interaction with them and stimulation with them because of the time when they were in, in hospital. And it must be... Because, you know, you're likely to get dementia when you're older, so you're already frail, and then you have dementia, so I imagine you are making mistakes which might mean you fall or you trip or you break something. Yeah. So, yeah, you're already in a vulnerable state where you might end up in that hospital yeah. through no fault of your own. And then, like you said, you then lose that time. I yeah. Never, I never didn't know that. And it was, it, it was, there were so many things that happened with Dad because Dad then wasn't allowed back home, so we had to put him into a home. Right. We didn't research the home properly which is, you know, a lesson to everyone. You, it, we didn't know, right? You, did, like, you didn't know, yeah. no. And, and you, you, want, you want it sorted. Mm. You want him in a place where you can just, you know, you put people in a home more to make you feel good as much mm. as you do to look after them. Um, the home wasn't very good. And unfortunately, um, the lack of care that Dad got in the home, not just the lack of care, but the incorrect care, yeah. directly led to his death. Um, and the care home was utterly culpable in that. That was a huge, a huge thing to overcome for me yeah, because course. you're utterly guilty mm. about the fact that you didn't check out. Um, the circumstances around when he got ill and, and, and where I was and what I was doing at the time um, made it very hard to kind of come to grips with the person I saw before I went on holiday, before I went on holiday and the person I saw when I got back. Um, but then also you have this 18-month court case, um, coroner's reports, and then a tribunal and things that you're forced to just keep yeah. all of those thoughts and all those facts and all those memories very tight in, in, in your head. Was it you who took the home to court or was it the, it was the council? The council yeah. Yeah. It was the um, council, Well, not even the council, it was the coroner. Um, wow. He didn't die in the home. Oh, right. He They'd, they'd not been feeding him properly, they'd not been dressing him properly, and they'd not been washing him properly, and crucially, they'd not been turning him properly for right. bed sores and, yeah. and things like that and exercising him. So um, so his, his, his physical condition um, was just shrinking from a man that... I mean, it, it's very hard to kind of picture the time frame, but let's say in, in March, April, I distinctly remember us taking him for a walk around Kew Gardens, and he was charging around to then being in hospital, 
to then in July, I think, being uh, discharged from the hospital with a note saying he'll never walk again because of the the lack of um, physio or anything, to then in October him him dead because the care was just awful and they didn't... That is really fast. That is really yeah, fast. So no wonder that your brain was just like, what? Like, yeah. And this I, man I, was, uh, he was in a state, yes, but he wasn't in that state. Yeah. And and you t- you've you spoken about uh, about the kind of the sudden the yeah. sudden news or the slow kind of thing. Yeah. Um, we kind of had both with yeah, that. Yeah, I was going to say you have Because both. my mind was conditioned to the slow decline of, of dementia. And uh, and, I, and I went to see him before I went on holiday and, and just hung out with him. And he was fine. And then the, the day after I got back from my holiday, um, he'd been called in and, and we'd got the, the call to me to say that um, they weren't going to revive him. And when I went to see him and he was, I mean, that, that's the hardest image to get yeah. rid of. I can't get rid of that. He was wild. He was crying. Oh. He was screaming. He was in such pain. His 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 body wasn't was was a mess. Um, his leg was black. Um, he'd had he had sores all over his body that were incredibly far along, um, and then he'd um, he'd not been fed properly. He'd not been washed. He'd not been the medicine that they'd given him was just tablets that they saw lying around. Oh my god! Yeah, it was it was this awful kind of <laughs> this this just you know clusterfuck of, yeah. of things, and 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 then he developed pneumonia. The real issue is just actually looking at the homes themselves and getting them all up to a standard yeah. that are well-trained and well-populated. They, they do an incredible job, these people, in, yeah. in care homes. And um, and our one didn't. And unfortunately, in the same way as... We, we were told at the coroners that people don't treat old people the way that they would treat kids. Oh, my God, you no way. You check your schools out yeah. thoroughly when you're looking for a, a school for your kid, but you don't do as much for... For old people, but also in terms of someone who's just had a baby, when you when you have a baby, you are not left alone. Like they do not leave that. Like yeah. in, honestly, it's an irritating. You're in the hospital and you're like, please. Like every five minutes, someone comes and checks the temperature, what they're looking like. They're like, you were checked. You were. That's why often mums trying to leave the hospital because you're like, I just want to be left alone. Yeah. And it's amazing that if a baby had pneumonia, there was no way you would put it in a room because you go, oh, it might affect the other baby. So we left it in the room, we opened the window. Yeah. You would never do that. Yeah, you'd never just give it the tablet that's lying around. Oh, yeah, I found, well, I guess I'll the baby put was this alive. In here, see what happens here. Is it cold? Like, <laughs> and old yeah. people are as vulnerable as babies are. Like, yeah. surely that's that's what we all say. You go back to being as vulnerable as a child. Well, it probably with dementia less so because yeah. you don't, it, like a baby will cry yeah. when it's hungry. Like a, a, a stoic old person my mum and dad are exactly the same they won't tell you when they've got this huge gaping wound on their thigh. they'll just say oh it's fine I'm just right. just pour a kettle on it it'll be fine <laughs> hot kettle so so yeah it was it it was a very it wasn't just the death yeah. it was the circumstances yeah, I mean, and then it was he, the aftermath and then i remember at the time talking to you and just being like fucking hell every time it was like this court case was yeah. just and i remember you saying at the time that you you knew it wasn't. You suspected it wasn't great, but then obviously at the at the case, you start hearing all this stuff. And wasn't it someone who worked there was like, "I have to. T- I want to say how bad it was." She yes. was trying to, yeah, because they, she wanted it changed. And you also have it, it becomes. I mean, it's it's very real. Mm. But but when you start to cast it, when you start to see the person that yeah. did this from the report, when you meet the ambulance man, it was it was the ambulance man that flagged it up. They 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 said that they'd they'd never seen a, a worse a worst case of anyone that they've picked up from a from a 24-hour care home um, to take to hospital. It was as though he'd been abandoned in a field or something, which he had been. It, the field was his room. Yeah. Um, and no one wanted to deal with it and, and no one could deal with it and the GP didn't respond. And 
it's 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 when you start to see it again, it, it just. It, it just comes no alive again. No wonder you can't let go. Like no wonder you're struggling yeah. to let go of those images because that's not just like oh my father died. It's like my father died in extreme circumstances and and you know I wasn't made aware of things that was happening. Yeah. I've done things recently in the last maybe twelve months, maybe a year and a half. I've done things recently that I've actively said to myself, "This will make you feel better. This will gradually start pushing those images out yeah. and these images." One thing is swimming. Oh, like yeah. I, a dad taught me how to swim and a, a very vivid memory I have is swimming on his back in the pool oh. uh, where it, it felt it, we'd watched Jungle Book or something so it yeah. felt like Mowgli and, and Blue <laughs> yeah. and he had like a St Christopher on and I had no idea what the hell that was I was just yanking on it <laughs> and he had these bobbly moles yeah. on his neck which I have as well and uh, I've started swimming a lot more because every time I swim I think of that yeah. and and that becomes a stronger memory for me yeah. than the other thing. You have to work on the memories. Like you do yeah, have you to do. work You've on them. Yeah, you do. You've got to do mind management <clears throat> yeah. on yourself. You really do. And, and uh, I'll, I'll go, like this Father's Day, there's an Elmer Bernstein concert at the Albert Hall. And Dad was a big Western fan, introduced me to Westerns. Uh, Elmer Bernstein did a lot of Western scores. So I'm going to that. Yeah. And because that's something that I know he would love. And so it's a, it's a positive, yeah. you know, odour that you just spray into <laughs> your, your, your brain. It's, there's a point where knowing the type of person that I am and the type mm. of personality that I have, I couldn't just wallow and I couldn't just sit in that. Yeah. I had to actively get more involved. So I did I did sign up for therapy. Yeah. Um, I did, <laughs> I did um, online therapy. Oh, did you? The reason I did online therapy is because I could do it in the bath. <laughs> <laughs> so it's not like a crucial. camera? Uh, no, it's no, no, no. It's, it's just text. Yeah, you just type. Oh, you just type. So, yeah, you just type in your thing. So it, I'd it's love you. Very you're convenient. in the bath. You've got your duck. You've got your, you know, your matey <laughs> bubble behind you. He's like, hey, yeah. ready to talk to me? Some poor old woman being yeah. like, can you put some clothes on? <laughs> so you're just typing. Yeah, you just type How it away. And that's, that? that? It completely suited my yeah, thing I, yeah. I did go for a couple of sessions and I, I found it very difficult because I found I found the fact that it, it didn't help me face yeah. to face I found that I was I don't know like I, I, I didn't I think I just needed to say stuff and then have a flat answer back yeah, yeah. and um, I didn't need to feel like passive judgment which they're not portraying but you can't help but think you just think I'm an idiot <laughs> just think. but I just needed but to but also I guess because you're a writer it's as on well, my terms yeah. so you can write it out and yes. then someone writes and you can then read it which is like you said very different to talking yeah I guess the, the, the dangerous element is that is that you are not you are still controlling it to yeah. a certain extent but I think I need I, I think it's it's baby steps yeah, and yeah. I think I was oh, ready yeah. I was ready to talk about a few things and I was ready to come to terms with a, a few things yeah. But this felt like the first way to do it. Whether I'll go back in and do more, I don't know. I don't well, feel like I do just now, and I don't like, need a bath. Yeah. So. <laughs> I, I have to have a bath when it's happening. Can the councillor come to my bathroom? Otherwise, she can sit on the loo. It's very convenient. But yeah, I mean, I didn't have therapy till last year, and I'm coming up. Well, not at all. They didn't suggest it when you were a child. So um, I talked about this on Jack's one. What happened was, because I was 15... When you're 15, it's really shit, basically. If you're 16, you're classed as an adult. And if you're 15, you're a child. So I, they, I couldn't have adult therapy. They, they, they're not allowed to see you. But that meant I had to go to the child therapy, which meant I literally came into a room with mini chairs and a doll's house, and she gave me some pens and pencils, and she was like, do you want to draw? <laughs> and, and I was, can you imagine me at yeah. 15? So I was like, what the fuck? And she apologised. She was like, you're 15, we have to, you know, I'm, I'm happy to talk to you, but... 
it has to be in this room it has to be with these you know and there was yeah. like six year olds outside so I was just like so fronted and, I, and so I really fell through the gap so my mum and brother went for counselling bereavement counselling um, from Cruise which is I think it's a charity one they, they will come to your house and you know just talk to you for 10 weeks basically but I wasn't there did you want any, to do it though or were I, you I don't know of, I think I think if there had been something easier I would have done but because it seemed hard and complicated and you know I went to the first, I wanted to I went to this first one and it was so awful and so patronising and, and just it didn't relate to anything I was feeling mm. at all that I just was like well that's it I'm not doing it Yeah. and then I thought well I just won't do it I don't need to I'm alright yeah. <laughs> and I think that's the thing with therapy isn't it I think it depends like what happens in the next 10, 20, 30 years and then I definitely got to a point being a performer and all the neurosis that comes with that and not having a stable life that I was like oh I think I need to talk to someone about why not having a stable life is hard for me because mm. I had that I don't have that stability of my parents both being there so yeah. I think that's why last year I was like ah oh, shit I gotta deal with <laughs> I, gotta, I gotta deal with some stuff but I definitely I was fine when I wasn't having do you know what I mean it wasn't yeah. like people were going god that girl needs to go I was like I was completely <laughs> fine I did things in your goth stage <laughs> yeah <laughs> Oh, right. I was a goth. I was a goth before he died, so... You were ahead of your time. I was ahead of my time. Just a really good goth after he died, obviously. <laughs> the pain, so really. So, were you there when he died? Yeah, um, no, no. I th- uh, he, he was in a state, like right. a coma or, or yeah. something, uh, that he fell into. Um, and then we were told that it would be very soon that he would die. So, we took turns, my yeah. brothers and I, um, staying with him all, all night. And... Um, that was an interesting night, just mentally. My older brother went the first night. Mm. <laughs> he kind of like, like who's got the who's got the short straw yeah, yeah. or who's got the the gold yeah, medal? Like, yeah. which is it better to be there the night that he does die, yeah. or is it better to to not be there? So, I I came second um, <laughs> in that competition. Uh, he didn't mm. die the night I was I was with him, but it was it was quite it was in, it was interesting seeing talking to my brothers about how they were that night mm. and how it felt my night oddly with him and I didn't sleep a wink he was in yeah. a normal hospital ward a normal hospital bed but just out and we we drew the curtains around a lot because the ward was just functioning and it just wow. it just felt odd being in that in that environment with life going on yeah. when clearly you know there's a death imminent God, he didn't even get your own bloody room no he didn't get a room for that um, so we sat and we just held his hand mm. and you're waiting for anything yeah, to kind of yeah. make him know that you're there. And obviously the body is still doing something. Yeah. So there'd be a tremor or there'd be a shake. And you'd think that he was there and you'd talk to him. And I remember that, that I think that afternoon or, or the day before, um, I wanted to shave him. And yeah. he was he was in his thing. And, and he and I had a relationship about my appearance. Um, <laughs> he had some opinions on you. He had some strong opinions, yeah, yeah um, about shaving. He was, he was very kind of well-kept um, and, and, and dressing as well. Yeah. He was always on at me to, to have a suit and to look smarter, and, <laughs> and I, I obviously never did. And so I, I, that immediately struck me as something I should do. I should, yeah. I should shave him. So I, I shaved him, which was, which was bizarre. Yeah. Um, to, to shave him um, but incredibly tender and incredibly um, 
helpful. Yeah. It was it was it was actually a lovely moment. And yeah. Nurturing for them. Yeah. To do uh, it, the circumstances just disappeared. It was I was just caring for him, which I had been for yeah. a long time, but this was this was like final end of life care. Then also. Um, he was diabetic, so he 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 hadn't been able to knock back the chocolate that he he loved. <laughs> so I I got some whole nut, which was his favourite, and I um I rubbed that on his lips, Aww. so he'd have that. Uh, and then and then I got some coffee because he loved coffee. I just put out his nostrils, and then I had a moment where I looked at him, <laughs> and it looked like I was getting him ready for a minstrel show. <laughs> that I blacked my dad up, <laughs> shaved him. <laughs> Because because he just looked, he just looked ridiculous, and, uh, and so oh then I had to God. wipe all this stuff off. Oh which no. in my mind he, he he was screaming, "No, leave it on!" Leave like on. I don't I care, don't, I don't care. I don't what, care what I look like. Get yeah, for once in my life, I don't care what I look like. But um, oh so God. so it was just this weird thing. And then also there was this there was a guy who um, uh, you know John Kearns is at. Yeah. There was a guy who absolutely was John Kern's character. In the wig and teeth, yeah. And just, and no just pontificating. And he was wow. having this incredible conversation with this guy in the bed across from him, who was next to my dad, where he was using our family as a stick to beat this guy for how his family were treating him. Oh, God. And so... Um, oh, and my God, that's so awkward. It, it was... I, I, I typed... I had my iPad there. I just typed it all out verbatim. And I've yeah. still got this wow. this chunk that when I read it, I hear John's voice uh, <laughs> all the time as, as uh, I'm reading it through. But um, it was incredibly funny. Yeah, yeah. And so there were... It was, it was very clear that there were lots of things that I was doing that were very, very key to yeah. our relationship, just in, like, bullet forms. And my, my younger brother did the same. He When he went in, he went in the next night, and Dad did pass away that night. Um, and James... Is James... Yeah, James, James is, is my younger the youngest. Brother. Yeah. So he had a night with each of you, essentially. Uh, yes, I, th- I think he had three nights. I don't think, he, I don't think my oldest brother, right. his oldest son, um, stayed, but it was my brother of me, Daniel and then my younger brother, James. So there were three nights where he was in this state where we sat with him. Yeah, but that's um, kind of interesting that, like you said, he didn't die on the first night. He, he, had he died on the last, yeah. Yeah, yeah he, he had a moment last. with you James all. very much thought that as well, yeah. yeah. He said that it was um, last out, last yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, James was like, oh, last <laughs> yeah. out, yeah, I'll be, yeah, that's kind of interesting. Uh, yeah, it was, yeah. And I think uh, uh, James... Um, with his Lion King metaphors, <laughs> definitely thought that there was some uh, circle of life going on. But James put, um, uh, Dad was Liverpool, we're all Liverpool fans. James put the Champions League win that Liverpool won um, a few years ago. He played the recording of that in, in Dad's ear. And um, I mean, can you imagine what that must have been like? <laughs> he's, just, he's, he's about to die, he's covered in chocolate, coffee, <laughs> a bad shave, and he's got this badly kind of buffering YouTube <laughs> version of the Champions League match really loud in his like, ears. Boys, I really love you, but... Yes, yeah, like, great. I'm, I'm going now. No wonder he went. And what's, what's coming tomorrow night? You bring your mother up. <laughs> oh, my God. So, uh, yeah, so th- th- that was... Yeah, so I wasn't actually there for that moment, but I, I, I definitely said... I'd, I'd had a very lovely moment with him before yeah. my holiday where I, it was just me and him and it was very important that I saw him before I went away on holiday. Um, when I came back, it, it's, the, it's the worst. The, and it was literally as soon as we got back, yeah. we were just dragged back into this, this world. And it was my worst fear that something would happen to him whilst I was away. Yeah, like but didn't you, like, you never really went away? Did you? It did, ha- yeah, part yeah. of that was that, yeah. And, and it was hard to because we were... Yeah. We, they 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 needed us yeah, and yeah. and um and 
you know, just that guilt kicks in. You yeah, know, you can't get around it. Um, but those the, the images when I first saw him and he was, in, it was just wild. It was incredibly upsetting, mm. uh, and that's just seared into my brain. That the the period afterwards helped a little yeah. bit. It, it, looking back from now, it helped a lot. But back then, it was it was important that there was something that it didn't end that way. Yeah. That it ended on our own individual selfish terms in a, in a weird way. Mm. James needed to do what he did. I'm sure Dan had some moments with him as well. Um, I very much needed that night to be the way the way it was and to yeah. think all the things that I was needing to think. And um, it didn't complete anything. Um, what happened at your, the funeral for your dad? Was it? A cremation, or was it? Um, so that we had a funeral in a church, and then we had a service at the crematorium. Yeah, so there right. was like a church that we'd all gone to a lot, and he. Was it a very religious service? No, it wasn't. Was he Catholic? Or? No, it was um, like something Church of England. I'm so don't yeah, even know. Church, yeah. But it was this church in the city that my grandpa was really involved with, and we used to go there like you know Easter and Christmas. But it was like the the vicar. It's like a sh- I'm not joking. I, I think he went to Rada, <laughs> and he'd done Judy Garland's wedding. So he's like, oh wow, he's like a super great vicar. Like, I mean, you know, like he could work a room. <laughs> and so I sort of, I don't know, I sort of got the feeling we were a bit attached to this church, but it was more like this guy going to give a good show. So we went to this church. So it wasn't, it wasn't super religious, but it was a religious ceremony, but yeah. in a very Church of England way, you know. And that was in accordance with his wishes and your mum's wishes yeah he was really uh, he really wouldn't talk about what he wanted because he was like I'm fine I'll see you next week <laughs> my poor mum was like please give me something yeah. so but yeah it was very yeah we played hit like we played Frank Zappa and played songs that he liked and yeah. his best friend spoke and yeah so it was a very as religious as Church of England ever gets you know yeah, but yeah well, we, we steered away from that right. even though that was it, that was his wishes in his will yeah <laughs> so you went Nah. Yeah, we did, yeah. yeah and I, I do think about that a lot because I, I'm handling all of their stuff now, both yeah. mums and dads. And so you see everything. Yeah. And, um, but it was, yeah, it was it was a, a conversation that we had um, amongst my brothers about the type of service that we would do and going against his... What did he want? Was he... Well, he, I mean, they they were, they were odd, my mum <laughs> and dad. They really were. Like, they were, they were from a generation where religion is pretty much set in, in place as opposed to it's your personal choice that that's something that you're yeah, going to follow or, yeah. and um, in, in a way that like I guess we are at school where you, you, you have all this stuff that happens to you mm. you have assemblies you sing hymns and you do all that you just do yeah. it because you think that's what a school day is like <laughs> yeah, as opposed yeah. to this is a, a religion but yeah dad, dad was uh, Protestant and mum was Catholic and right. they had huge problems of that with my mum's mum when wow. they were courting uh, because dad was older 10 years older dad had been married before so yeah. was divorced and dad was a, a proddy so Ooh, like that's no, a lot to uh, yeah, deal with for my Irish mother that just uh, Irish grandmother that was just like <laughs> no and, uh, and I, she gave you know she opposed the marriage and they had all these problems when they were going out with each other and they, they stuck with each other, you know, and, and got married. And I think my grand got a punishment by she was she was there on every single family holiday, <laughs> which as a as a man now, like the idea of like a mother of my partner coming yeah. with us on every, every single week. holiday just drive me frigging nuts. So the sweetest revenge from my grand. <laughs> um, but um, but the, but dad, other than wearing St Christopher, and he was uh, he was a mason as well. I think he had an interest in an aspect of religion yeah. uh, as he got older that didn't translate itself to uh, praying or going to church or or practicing. Similar with my mum. My mum was Catholic um, and had an interest in it, and it was always kind of around. So when when we'd had my uh, mother's 
parents' uh, funerals, who were very religious as well, or, or, or a step on. Um, they were both Catholic services, and they were important for my mum, and they were mm. important for her, and they are important, I guess, for the family. But they didn't feel like a funeral for my yeah. grandmother or, or my yeah. grandfather. It's not about me. I, I don't yeah. know why it wasn't about <laughs> me then. But for my dad, uh, and, and who my dad was, and, mm. and how the rest... It, the idea of us having a very straightforward service, yeah. it, it didn't feel, again, like the way that I wanted to say goodbye to him. Yeah. And I think I was probably more vocal and leading in that. My brothers were fine to go along with it. They agreed, I think, in places. So we shaped a, We went to a, a non-denomination right, chapel. Yeah. Um, and we shaped a service yeah. around the aspects that we liked about, about him or we thought that he would like like you say, in terms of music, yeah. in terms of readings, in terms of things. But also we, um, I, I, I suggested that I didn't, I didn't really want to go to the crematorium. Mm, it's I, not always pleasant, the crematorium. I, 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 and I've been to plenty and it's, yeah. Yeah. It, the two things that really I don't like are, are the, the bit where it goes behind the curtain. Oh, and the, the noise. Yeah. It's like suddenly the most industrial thing in this yes. spiritual experience. And then... And then the next family coming yes, in. Yes, I, I find know. that I find that those two things, and, yeah. and they've happened on all of the funerals I've been to, that were all lovely. They yeah. weren't bad services at all, and and were very emotional and, and did have a truth to them. But f- that was not. I would have found that funny, mm, and yeah. there was a, a lot of humour that I needed to have at my dad's funeral. But I didn't need the last thing to be like Jesus yeah. Christ. Like, <laughs> he's on a machine on a on a, on yeah, a conveyor it's funny belt. You say that because I just realised I can't remember. His crematorium service. I've obviously blanked it from my mind because you're oh, asking really? me. I remember the funeral because the funeral was fun. It was this, you know, not fun, but like packed church, all his friends, my friends, my brother's friends. And obviously we're young, so it's full of young people. And he was young. And, you know, we, we you know, I just remember Frank Zappa playing a lot <laughs> and like blaring in this incredibly old church in the city. So like super, super old. Then we all went to the crematorium, but I... I can't remember it. And I so think because that crem- bit was really upsetting. So it's funeral crematorium straight away. Yeah, we all got in a car, we think, went yeah. to the crematorium and then I and then I think we went there was like you know, like a wedding. People went on and had their sandwiches and we joined yeah. them or Sunday. I can't remember. But the crematorium I think is yeah, it's you can't hide like you said, it is the full stop. It's the yeah. worst. It's the worst. And when at my granny and granddad's funeral, I remember the bloke just you know, didn't know them and they died within two weeks of each other. So it was sad anyway mm. and he was trying to find the button to press to make the curtain go round and he was like oh um, oh, not that one <laughs> <laughs> I was sat there going oh come on elevates it up yeah like vertical <laughs> no 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 <laughs> I was like seriously but yeah I, I understand so was he cremated then? he was cremated but we I, I suggested because of what I thought and, mm. I, and it had it had, had it not been Received like if my brothers had changed their mind. Yeah. I would have absolutely got. It wasn't that I was sticking my foot in the ground. Yeah. I just said, I think the idea of us uh, taking the, the casket from the chapel into the car and then waving him off as he drives off that feels that feels more me. Yeah, it's horrible to think about it. It's, you're no, thinking about you yourself. Have to do what works is going to help you. I think. I think I have had thoughts in my mind of like. And now I keep thinking of him just being in, in that in that horrible thing on his own, and him looking around, going, uh, uh, "Guys, are you guys get in the car behind are they, me. Are they what coming? Are yeah, uh, or they're maybe just putting him on ahead of the family before, so they could do two. So Dad just gets nudged in there quicker. 
But um, so, yeah, but th- it's, it's all silly mind games. Yeah. It's all silly things. I think by that stage, you know, and and I'm I'm not a religious person, but um, but I do like I do like to feel that the things are rounded off yeah. or, or complete or finished in a way. And I always talk about this narrative. I think yeah, writers do not yeah. like open that. We we go no. I want to. Yeah. I want to know how the ending was, which is funny because now just saying that I'm like, oh, in the, my head, the ending's the funeral. I have literally wiped out what actually because obviously that bit was really horrible. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah, we kind of went with the Paul Walker Fast and Furious <laughs> ending, whereby we we brought in some other people to double up as my dad, <laughs> and then we kind of got on with it and, and filmed it. It, yeah. seemed, it seemed alright. You knew something was different, but it, you yeah, know, people, it, people it worked. went with it. Went people, with it. People seemed to the feedback was good on Rotten Tomatoes <laughs> for my dad's death. Yeah, but uh, yeah, but I, I I don't know. Like, and we haven't we haven't interred him yet. We haven't. We've still got the ashes uh, yeah, at home. Yeah. Yeah. Which um, well, I've said that my mum kept him in the wardrobe for ten years. Yeah, so like, <laughs> beat that. You got you got plenty of time. What you yeah, he's not in the wardrobe. I'll give him yeah, that. He yeah. is in he is in a room. Um, <laughs> but I don't know because I don't. Nothing feels. I I I do actually think I'm. I, yeah, I, I'm pretty sure this happened. I think my younger brother went to a match at Liverpool and took a bag of him <laughs> up to scatter on the pitch yeah, yeah. and of course that's not going to happen at yeah. all like these pitches need to be maintained <laughs> you're not going to get anywhere near it and of course if every if every, if they were allowed to do that yeah. every match would have like people <laughs> just chucking mounds of ash <laughs> onto the thing so I don't know what he did I've, I've yet to ask him like oh, yeah. I know he, he said they wouldn't let me do it I don't know say. if he like siphoned him back in um, I might have to ask him about that but I mean how many cups did it? It's not like cooking rice, is it? How many cups of him did he take out? And which mug did he use? Did he throw the mug away? Did Especially he... with your brother, I can imagine that is a concern with you knowing yeah, James. Yeah, I need yeah. to know the details, yeah. the absolute details of it. But um, yeah, I think I think that closure thing. I, oddly, I think when my mum ultimately passes away, I don't think it'll be. You know, you always remember your first, <laughs> your first love, your first loss. But I, I think. <clears throat> Again, like I am acclimatized to that world yeah. now. I know what a funeral is like. Yeah. I know what loss is like. I've seen someone that I, you know, care about massively dead. Um, In a way, because they're both have both been suffering from the same thing. Yeah, like you said with your mum, you know, your relationship with the care home obviously must have been completely different, and you're aware. Yes. Yeah. I guess you're also aware of what a dementia death looks like. Yeah. So you sort of. It's not, of course, it's not going to make it easier, but there's something in it that's not. It's familiar territory, I guess. Yeah, I try and take l- that dad gave us the last few lessons. Yeah. You know, that he would always want us to look after mum. So mm. so the lessons that were learned at the sharp end of the stick with him have helped mum yeah. and have made sure that we are, with the care homes that we've had to put in, which has been a problem with mum recently, um, it, we were absolutely diligent. We, yeah. we stuck our foot and the council had to suffer. And yeah. everybody else had to wait until we were ready and we were happy rather than this pressure that you get to empty a bed so that they can get someone else in or so, yeah, you know, the funny. When you don't know, you don't know. And if a load of doctors tell you something, you go, oh, uh, and you're so upset anyway. Which yeah. You're like, oh, I'm upset my dad is dying. And someone says something, oh, well, I guess they know. And I think that's really important. Like you said, you get a bit tougher going, no, yeah. you don't know. I know what's best for them because I'm their child. Like, yes. Yeah. You do have to... It's hard. It's hard because you're very vulnerable, but you have to fight. You do. Yes. Yeah. Which is not easy. So your mum is in the care home now. Yeah. Are you still having to tell her about your dad or she is not even... Is it past that point now? It's, it's past that point of yeah. ever saying it. Um, right. She will see him in people. Her dementia is very different from dad's. Right. She's... Um, 
she is very emotionally positive. Okay. She laughs all the time. Wow. She sings all the time and she she dances all the time. Oh, God. It's just she has her vocabulary is, has disappeared. So right. it's gobbledygook. Oh, my goodness. Uh, it's gobbledygook up until music is played when she is pitch perfect. And there's something about dementia that's incredible we, with music. Yeah. And um, it, it just has got a hard line straight through to whatever point of us is the truest point because she she can't hold a sentence together yeah. she'll keep talking and you can kind of get the gist of what she's meaning because her her mannerisms and yeah. her inflection is there but the words aren't there and, and you you can't possibly you can't possibly you know understand yeah. everything that she's trying to get across um but play her some music and she'll she'll sing it perfectly she'll get the lyrics perfectly wow. and on time and it is amazing. There's lots of clips you can see on YouTube of, of yeah, dementia patients being brought back with music. Yeah, I have seen those clips of Pierre. Yeah, there's that guy that went viral, wasn't he? He was driving his dad round. Yes, exactly. Yeah, his dad. Yeah, now, the singer. Now, when that came out, I didn't hear the dementia bits. I was like, oh, he's just his dad singing. Why is everyone going crazy for his dad singing? Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, that's nice. He's, and I watched him when he's got a lovely voice. Yeah. That's great. And then I finally, about two weeks later, was like, oh, that's why this is going. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, the, it's one of the greatest tools to for us as, to as, as children to connect with them but also for the care workers and for them themselves because yeah. I went to a, um, an Alzheimer's concert um, in London a, a couple of years ago a carol concert and they have an Alzheimer's choir wow. and there was 40 uh, very very different leveled um, yeah. uh, dementia patients sufferers if you can imagine the most disparate collection <laughs> like they try and do it in films where they'll assemble like the Magnificent Seven yeah, or the Dirty yeah. Dozen this was like the, the batshit 40 <laughs> they, they were all in their own worlds oh like God. behaving at different yeah. stages some were catatonic some were very loud some were gregarious some were in wheelchairs some were hobbling this motley crew just assembled in front of you and you're like oh great this is going to be a long carol and um, the music starts up in, in, in the church uh, lovely organ music and it it is absolutely like a light switch wow. instantly like they all raise themselves up a little bit they're all into and this sound came out that, it, that is admittedly 40 people dementia singing at different levels. But wow. you can hear the words, you can hear the tune, yeah. you can see the pride that they have, you can see the the connection that they have that they suddenly they get something they're tuned it's like tuning in a radio why don't they I mean that is a film waiting to happen that's a great British film yeah. right now like that I, I feel like I'm welling up already It's it was it was one of the hardest and most incredible things I've ever yeah, seen yeah. Um, to witness that not just because of the fact that when they stop singing then they just go back. and it lingers for a little bit. Oh. They're, they're so alert. It's the same with mum. Like we, when I'm with her now, I put on classic FM and oh. something will come on or some Andre Ria. She loves a bit of she loves a bit of him. Um, something of, of that. Like she will, you know, instantly get into it. And then I, I can say, "How's that, Sani? You know, oh, it's lovely. Yeah, it's really lovely. It's a bit sharp. You suddenly get a sentence back. Oh. And then you know, as she kind of drifts out, it'll. Yeah. You know, so it's it's a remarkable thing. Um, and it's why, as much as I kind of laughed about James putting the headphones on yeah, thing, yeah. like there is something in that, uh, something in in that connection that I think is, you know, it, it's it's in all of us. The music, there's something amazing about music That's in that. That's incredible, way. isn't it? Like, what it, what is it that's so fundamental? Like, again, my baby's. Oh, I was going to say I can't remember how old she is. She's like, she's young. She's like six months. Some mums are no weeks. I'm vague. <laughs> My baby's about six months old. And when you play music, she listens. And it's a really weird thing to see a baby listen. Like, you really can see. Like, yeah. she sit, like you said, she sits up and she goes, hmm. And I've, it wasn't until I saw it, I was like, oh, I've never realised you can see someone listening. Yeah. <laughs> like, 
that's what happens at my shows, guys. <laughs> like, <laughs> ain't no the one audience. listening. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it was really, yeah. And whatever you play, you know, we're playing at all sorts of different things because you're like looking for action. And, and some things you can see she can't really, she tunes out. Yeah. Played the Beatles the other day and she literally was like, mm, I'm here. Mm, oh, yeah. Mm. She's into the Beatles. And I was like, wow, I guess because they're, they're such clear pop songs and then the voices are so clear. Yeah. That was like, yeah, you really, ca- it's, what is it that well, is in human- humanity? Well, I, I suppose without getting too kind of deep about it, I, it, I, I suppose. Th- a rhythm is the basis yeah, of everything, yeah, isn't it? It's, yeah. it's the tides, it's the moon, it's, it's the it's the seasons. But also, just in terms of in terms of our interaction, when we're writing a script, you'll know when you've got the scene right because yeah. it just has it has that un I don't even know what that rhythm is conversation. Yeah, you just have a rhythm with each other, and you know, and you you get on with someone, and and when you can, but I always think when you can write a character's rhythm, and also when you have to learn a script that isn't good yes exactly and the yeah. rhythm is and you just you're trying to and you're speaking you go people don't speak in this rhythm they don't yeah. speak like that that's why I can't learn these lines yeah when the rhythm's good you can learn the lines in a second oh my don't god you? Yeah. yeah it takes you yeah like two minutes and you've got the page but yeah. when it's bad you're like three hours later I still don't know how to say those yeah. words but I do think you should have another draft of that script <laughs> you sent me <laughs> no I think I'm going to send it in it's, Adam the script is fine it's fine it's ready to go yeah but I think it's, it, that's that's incredible like, yeah. and they, they do that a lot in the homes they, they do a lot a lot of stuff with that so so mum is mum is in a far better state with her dementia than mm. dad ever was and that's not just because of the differences in the condition that they have yeah. but also I think because of the home that we've put them in the attention that they get in the home and I think as well how quick we were to how quick we are to act on things instantly knowing a lot lot more with yeah. dad it was just working you know you just wanted him safe and warm and, mm. you know, and, and you'd be happy if he'd just sit on the sofa and just... But Whereas in actual fact, you need to get them up, you need to keep them moving, you need to keep mm. all of that stuff going. So, yeah. God, it's... I mean, it must be really... I, it, it must be. It is really tough that you've had to go through dementia with both of them. Mm. But like you said, maybe in a way, it's the positiveness of that is that you can care for your mum in a completely different way because you're yeah. not... Because I think when that dementia hit, hits... What I've from what I understand is it is such a shock, and you are flailing slightly of like, oh, that's what we're going to have to deal. Do with. Do you have any of it in your family? No, well? all cancer are mine. All oh, right, you got yeah, you've gone <laughs> down got, that route. Yeah. yeah, I feel like when I speak to people, it seems to be cancer or dementia. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, or or heart. That seems to be, you know. Well, mum had mum had a, a bout of cancer a year ago, I and you saying that. she got over it and she got through it. The one noticing trait that I noticed throughout the whole thing is that she just seemed to get hornier. <laughs> Because we would go to the hospitals for her checkups, and suddenly, like a a nice Scottish doctor or something, she would oh, she's alert then. Well, she can talk then. She doesn't need me to take her to the toilet that day. (laughs) Oh no, no, Adam, I'm fine. Yeah, she's fine there. Oh my god. Um, But there, there. But I think as well, like physically, it obviously took its toll. Mm. But I think there was also a period of increased attention to her. And it, it worked. It, you know, it, it, she was alert. She didn't... I, I thought that would take a huge chunk of her. Yeah. But actually, six months of having cancer in her thigh uh, and, and, you know, all the, all the treatment that, that she needed for that, that actually was better for her than six weeks in a hospital ward when nothing was wrong with her. Wow. Um, because she was just left on her own, left to her own devices. So she was actually better off mentally. Or, or less of a deterioration from the cancer than she was from being in an NHS ward just for, you know, That's a period. That's incredible, isn't which, it? Yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, as you can tell, like, you have to you have to have a humour about yeah, everything, I think. Yeah, you do, when, especially when it's so bleak, I think. Yeah, 
And that was so such deep. a big thing in our family. Like there was yeah. always, you know, the, the laughing through it, however awful it was, as most families have. Um, and I think that it, it's sometimes harder to get to in, when it gets cloudier. Yeah. But it is always there. And um, I can still remember my mum, my dad, sorry, at his worst moments before, before the, the, the time in the hospital when he really was in pain and he really was up against it and you're just you're there holding his hand and he's he's not complaining he's laughing he's cracking yeah. a joke and he's just trying to you know force a smile through and that's um they're they're much stronger memories to kind of grab onto mm. in the hard times than than the bleaker ones i think adam Richards, thank you very much for talking to me about your dad thank you Carriad. You can follow Adam on Twitter at Tigco Riches and you can see him live at the Battersea Arts Centre if you're listening to this from the 4th to the 9th of December 2017 where he's performing his new show, The Beakington Town Hall Meetings. Just be prepared to be interacted with but it will definitely be worth it. Thank you so much for listening to Griefcast. Please do subscribe, rate, review, tell people you know who you think might want to hear some cheery chats about death. It really does mean we can carry on making this very strange and very lovely thing. I've been Carriad Lloyd. You can follow me on Twitter at Lady Carriad. Music was provided by the Glue Ensemble and the show was produced by Kate Holland. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.